0: This is Bentley Manning.
1: And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled.
0: And we find new ways to connect. This is...
1: This is... This this is, is...
0: Empty Pews. This is Bentley Manning. I'm coming to you today uh, from the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina.
1: And this is Callan Day. I'm the Assistant Rector at Incarnation. So Bentley, you have put out a few videos in the last few days. I'm um, wondering if we should maybe talk about those for a moment.
0: Sure, I mean, I think I've kind of ceased my priestly ministry and turned into Steven Spielberg. That's lofty. It is probably a little lofty, but I feel like all I do nowadays is make videos.
1: Right. But you're getting better and better at making videos. And I feel like your subject matter has changed a little bit in the last few days. Well, thanks,
0: Kellen. I, I do feel like I'm I'm getting a bit better at, at at using the software. What do you mean about the content of my videos changing?
1: Well, um, as a lot of you know, we put out a glorious vision video this past monday
0: and for folks who don't know what is the, the glorious vision kellen
1: it is the title of our capital campaign which is currently ongoing and doing quite well um but there's also one video that you put out not for the church but for uh friends and family and those who maybe have access to your facebook
0: yeah so now you've made a video of my private life uh public knowledge for the church uh, what what video is that kellen well
1: you made it public when you posted it on facebook that's fair so. that's
0: fair that's fair
1: <laughs> so it's this video uh, i think maybe you're using the church's gopro but i'm not positive about that um, maybe <laughs> and you're at a river yes and you are in a boat
0: well for the folks listening to the podcast you already know that i love uh the the river and I love being in a boat and so that's exactly where I was. I, I told you all a couple of weeks ago that, that that's something I was uh, really looking forward to with spring arriving here in the mountains.
1: So you're in this little boat, little kayak, I'm not exactly sure the technical term for it.
0: I think little boat works. <laughs> and,
1: and you are having a great time at the river being in your boat. yes. I don't know if you want to describe it anymore, Bentley.
0: Yeah, well, so I am in a little boat. Uh, The technical term would be a freestyle kayak. It's a kayak that's much shorter than uh, maybe some other river running boats. And the point uh, when you're on the river in one of those boats is that you go to one specific location and then you try to do, uh, for lack of a better term, tricks.
1: Right. And so you're doing some tricks in your little boat on a river. <laughs> and there's some great music and you kind of have some visual effects. And so oh, whoa, 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 whoa. There are no visual effects. Yeah, you like rewind it, don't you?
0: Oh, there is a point where I do a little rewind. Um, just in case you missed the trick. And another one.
1: Anyway, that's just to say, if you haven't seen this video and you need access to it, just let me know. And I'll be happy to send it to you.
0: Thanks, Kevin. I, I appreciate the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but kayaking and making videos is not the only thing we've been doing over the past week.
1: No, we actually just yesterday started, restarted, the rector's Bible study with the, uh, a special guest, namely me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we are beginning our pursuit of wrestling with the book of Romans written by Paul.
0: So, and for those of you listening who already know Kellen, that's a, a daunting task to teach a Bible study on the book of Romans with Kellen sitting in the room. Kellen, uh, she knows her Bible.
1: <laughs> All right, so we started a
0: Bible study, and that's that was a that that was a blast, and it's good to be back into that pattern. Uh, what else have we been up to this week?
1: Well, we did start chanting the Eucharist.
0: Yeah, we. So this past Sunday, we decided, for a couple of reasons, I think, that it would be the right thing to do to chant uh, the liturgy a bit
1: during Easter, especially. Uh, Absolutely,
0: during Easter especially, and I did not mention this to you, Kellen, last week, but part of my thinking about uh, chanting the liturgy is that in a time when so much of life uh, seems dull and muted, uh, that it seemed especially appropriate uh, to chant uh, the liturgy, to give some more life and breath uh, to those hopeful prayerful words. But one thing I will say, Kellen, is that I have not had the chance to uh, chant any parts of the liturgy uh, since seminary. What? Yeah, a long time. So I I was sent to, to Swanee from a church that did this every Sunday, but I haven't, as a priest, been able to do this. Which is to say, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I am grateful uh, to Charles Banks, who is going to be working with me over the next couple of weeks so that I can uh, pull that together a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think Charles, as our organist and choir master, is going to be a great help to both of us.
0: Absolutely. All right, Kellen, anything else? What, what's been going on uh, for you the past week?
1: Uh, Not much, but I have been fermenting some things in my apartment.
0: Like sauerkraut?
1: No, but I have done that in the past. Uh, This past week, I made sourdough bread. I got on the bandwagon of creating a starter with the help of a friend, actually. Um, So I have a little sourdough starter, made some bread. Haven't tried it yet. I hope it's good. And um, Kai and I historically have brewed kombucha and we just kind of reinvigorated that practice a few weeks ago so now we're drinking strawberry ginger kombucha most nights of the week
0: for folks who don't know what is kombucha
1: Uh, it's a like fermented sweet tea so it comes out kind of like tart uh, a little sweet you can buy in the grocery store you should do it it's delicious
0: so in your household you've got a lot of living organisms
1: yeah a lot of living bacteria
0: that's awesome
1: that's great just like a couple things to tend now and then along with my house plants helps to have things to care for.
0: might do well now to turn our attention towards uh, this coming Sunday's gospel reading. And since I'm preaching, I think it's been our pattern uh, to have the other person give a summary of the story. So Kellen, um, would you mind giving us a summary of the gospel reading for this coming Sunday?
1: Sure, Bentley. I would love to walk us through this passage. So we have another resurrection appearance, and this one takes place sort of on a road, sort of in a house. So we begin the passage by um, encountering two disciples who are on their way to Emmaus. And a stranger, it seems, joins them and asks what the two disciples are talking about. And they kind of are shocked. They say, have you not heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know what happened over the last few days? And they proceed to tell this stranger about Jesus of Nazareth, who was condemned and crucified. The women disciples have astounded us with their reports about this man and saying that he has been resurrected, that Jesus is alive. And it seems that these two disciples are having a hard time believing the reports of the women disciples. Pretty classic, if you ask me. And, um,
0: In the midst of all of their disbelief, Jesus opens the scriptures for them and shows them how his death and resurrection was foretold by the prophets.
1: They continue to walk, and they reached the village, the stranger acts as if he's going to keep going, but the two disciples urge him to stay. Stay with us. It's almost evening. The day is now nearly over. So Jesus stays with them, and they sit down to a table, and he takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. And in that moment, the two disciples' eyes were opened, and they saw the stranger for who he was. They saw Jesus. And then Jesus vanishes from their sight. And then they look at each other and say, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? And at that same moment, they got up and they went back to Jerusalem to find their other companions and to tell them that the Lord has risen indeed.
0: Helen, obviously, this is a rich and powerful story, and there's so much that could be said about uh, different parts of this reading.
1: Yeah, it's really an iconic passage in a lot of ways, Bentley. Um, there's much that could grab your heart, but I'm wondering what it is today that's speaking to you.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I'm thinking about, and I think it was Rowan Williams who maybe said this, is that Christ's resurrection is a bit like... Uh, the second Big Bang. And, you know, we've spent however many years as human beings trying to make sense of the first Big Bang, uh, what that means for our lives in creation and the unfolding of that uh, powerful energy. And I think, likewise, Christ's resurrection can be rightly understood in that way. And, and these two disciples headed away from Jerusalem need some space and time to figure out what exactly has taken place, what exactly has happened. But of course, this reading also has some strong uh, Eucharistic themes running throughout.
1: I think what my heart is being drawn to in this reading this week is the, maybe not contrast, but this moment, right, where Jesus is like explaining to them who he is through the scriptures, and they just don't get it. And then they sit down at a table, and he offers these very ordinary sort of mundane um, Eucharistic actions, as you've suggested, Bentley. But that's sort of the moment when their eyes are opened. And I think that's a little hard for me right now, because not everyone has access to the Eucharist.
0: Kellen, I uh, totally agree with what you're saying. There's absolutely uh, some loss that we're all experiencing right now by not being able to be together uh, to celebrate and take part in our Easter Eucharistic feast. But something that I'm considering is that if Jesus is able to find his way into locked rooms uh, of people kind of isolating themselves from society, if, P- if Jesus is able to appear to these two disciples on the road, uh, then certainly Jesus is able to appear to each and every one of us, no matter the circumstance we might find ourselves in. And isn't this exactly the very heart of the Easter message, that there's nothing, not even death itself, that can separate us from the love of God in Christ?
1: So there's a detail about this story that I have never noticed, Bentley, until you brought it up off the record just a little bit ago. And that's the detail of the two disciples walking away from Jerusalem. And I've never really contemplated the sort of, you know, symbol of that. Um, and so this act of walking away from Jerusalem is like their embodied skepticism, Skepticism about maybe who Jesus was to begin with, but also the skepticism about his resurrection, his new life. And it makes me think of, you know, the roads that we have walked. I don't know about our listeners, but there are many times in my life where I could name me walking away from Jerusalem. um, Walking away from the risen Christ out of skepticism or fear or um, whatever it was in that moment.
0: I think all of us certainly have moments in our lives uh, that could be described in that very same way, Kellen. I know that I certainly do. Uh, but then what we what we hear about in the gospel is a hopeful word, uh, that Jesus finds these two disciples walking away from Jerusalem. And in that encounter, uh, their hearts are changed In a very real sense, there is a conversion and they turn their bodies back towards Jerusalem in order to tell their friends about the joy and life they have discovered in the person of Jesus.
1: Yeah, it certainly is a hopeful word because Jesus joins them on that walk away from Jerusalem. He joins them even though they're pointing themselves away in some regards. I also think this passage is convicting in that the disciples eventually become aware of that moment when their hearts were burning. And maybe it's retrospectively, um, but that's okay, right? Like, we often discover resurrection when we look behind us. And so maybe this passage invites us all to reflect for a moment and ponder the moments in our lives when our hearts were burning even if we were walking away. Come on,
0: Already a blessing in the walking,
1: Already a blessing on the road,
0: Already a blessing drawing near,
1: Already a blessing in the listening,
0: Already a blessing in the burning hearts,
1: Already a blessing in the almost evening,
0: Already a blessing in the staying,
1: Already a blessing at the table,
0: Already a blessing in the bread,
1: Already a blessing in the breaking,
0: Already a blessing finally known,
1: Already a blessing, give us eyes.
0: Already a blessing, let us see.
1: And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
0: It's hard to believe, but this is the end of episode seven. It seems like just yesterday we started this podcast.
1: It's crazy. Thanks for joining us along the ride.
0: Uh, join us. Speaking of joining us, join us at ten thirty on Sunday. We also have a Bible study on Tuesdays. And if you're interested in joining that Bible study, please email incarnation at incarnationwnc.org.
1: And we didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode, but we want to wish you a happy earth day. It's the 50th anniversary of earth day. And we hope that you're able to get outside, plant some flowers um, enjoy this beautiful slice of creation.
0: So happy Earth Day. Uh, we love you. We miss you. God's peace.